Good evening, everybody. Episode 85 of So What's Been Happening, Wednesday, the 28th of September. Flying through the shows now, up to 85. What a great year. It was the year I started secondary school. Cuz would have started uni by then. Um, it's, a, it's a long time, a long time ago, but we're, in, we're almost into October and we've got an exciting thing uh, planned for October with Mental Health Month. Um, we're going to go through. So we're going to reach out to as many people as we can during October. It should be an interesting challenge for us and the boys. So, all right, we're going to, uh, just before I bring the boys up, we're going to kick off like we often do with uh, some of the great 85s. Here we go. Big finish there for 85. All right. Let's uh, let's start with Lovey. Let's bring up the great man. Welcome back, Lovey. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. Eighty-five. Talk to me. Where where were you? How old? What was going on in your little life? So I was uh, I was a nine-year-old petulant little piece of shit. Uh, I was a very very cheeky boy indeed. Um, I, I was in grade four and uh, really enjoyed school. In that year, I distinctly remember enjoying school that year, and in particular the, you know, the Friday afternoon sports and all the rest of it. And um, but Essendon won the premiership that year. It was back to back, and I'll tell you, I reckon it's almost the happiest year I've ever saw, I ever saw my dad was Essendon when going back to back in 1985. He he sat back. There's almost a form of arrogance about the man when he watched football that year. I distinctly recall it. It's quite hilarious, but. Um, no, I had a lot of fun. Uh, we used to actually we used to punch on uh, with the neighbours. Uh, number nine. We used to live at number twenty-seven, and there was this uh, absolute drug haven at number nine. And there was this. I was nine. This kid was eight. Used to slingshot our house. So I had enough one day and went and rubbed his head in his own fence. And then it was on for about two or three months. It was quite hilarious. We went back and forth a bit with pranks and all the rest of it. And, um, it was the same year that my, you know, the other highlight I had, my, my pup, my, well, my two-year-old cross shepherd and Doberman dragged me. I was on a walk and it chased another dog and it, it literally dragged me across six nature strips on my street. A lot of other neighbours come out and asked, uh, oh, you're right, you're right. I've got cuts on my arms and my elbows and knees and dad comes walking down and just says, you'll be right. You don't have to go to hospital. You're fine. Go inside. Bit disappointing. You could have kept control of the dog. <laughs> that was Dad's feedback. So, yeah, it was tough back then. It brought up tough. It was. Um, not so tough. Let's bring him up. Crazy little thing called Cuz. <laughs> How are you, Cuz? Where were you, mate? Tell me. Oh, well, we already told people I was at uni, so thanks very much for that. But I wasn't. Well, I was a pimply little kid, little, age 15, thought I knew everything, thought I was an unbeatable, um, unbreakable, like most swami 15-year-old boys, but a couple of choice conversations with the jeweller. He was, mum and he were still together then. He sort of put me back in my place, sat me on my ass a couple of times. But like Lovey, remembered the good times of the Bombers celebrating back-to-back flags. And just, as Lovey said, it was just just good times, seemed Easy times, as silly as that sounds, just 
like I lived in a street with two other good mates who are still good mates today, and it was fun times. Seemed very, I'll say, I know that sounds cliche, but seemed a lot easier back then. Well, you know, when you, talk about, you know, when you talk about life and how all the challenges you had when you were a kid and all these things that were the, the end of the earth for you as a kid, um, breaking up with a, a young girlfriend or your bike wasn't working or your footy's gone flat or you've kicked the ball over the fence, something like that were all big things when you, when you were young or you didn't have enough money uh, to buy a packet of minties. But good old Bombers got it done in 85. There it is, classic wag. Um, and Herald Sun pitches knocking off the Hawks. We've actually got a little bit of footage to show you boys to reminisce from 1985. Yeah, very, very jovial here. This is well, one of the great moments. That's about a minute from 85. I'm sure you remember this, boys. I do as a kid. As Russell Morris drives it out towards the wing position, the back fly. There'll be plenty of mistakes in this first quarter. And they're having a go again. We tip this. This will be on for Young and Old before it's over. Laker and McCarthy. Well, they're going in now. And Hawthorne are not taking any funny business today. Look at them going in, piling in there. Players falling over left and right. You pick it up and you'll find the fighters there. Matthews and Watson. Look at them piling up. This is the best I've ever seen from in a grand final, Bob. I can't recall. I can't recall one like this. Luke. Look, God. Oh, golly, Peter. Talk about stacks on the mill. You've never seen anything like this. How they'll unravel them, I don't know, Peter. Well, there could be every player on the ground is involved, and you could book the whole two sides, Bob, couldn't you? You well, really could book the whole two sides. Yes, you certainly could, and uh, if, if they're going to start reporting, they'll be writing for quite a while, so it could be a long quarter. And they need a couple more new books, wouldn't they? Trainers coming out to try and cool a few heads, but as you said, not really surprising. Bertie Dippy and Domenico uh, seemed to be quite happy because uh, he was... Uh... <laughs> Interesting, Dave. The funny part, funny part for me on that is... Um, the umpires just keep reaching for their books. They can't even get the book out. And then they didn't even know where to start and they just kind of left it. And they went up to the easiest target later. And I, I think they probably, not sure whether they even booked Dipper or they just uh, said, we've got the other guy, Dipper, so don't worry about it. But it's an, always an interesting one. See Dermy coming in from 25 metres away to yeah. jump on top of the pack. Um, geez, it was an interesting, I remember sitting over, the kid across the road was the one that always had the grand final on um, when, when as a young kid, and he, they were mad Essendon, and I just never forget that fight. Um, it was one of the big ones, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. Um, it's quite. It was quite fun watching as a nine-year-old kid. I thought, oh, geez, I love footy for life now. Um, but that, I've watched it that many times. As soon as you see that contest, you go up, you go, yeah. This is that one minute of uh, infamy. And um, I don't know, as soon as you, you can almost script the fact that as soon as Vander was on top, of, Vander was on top of someone, you knew Dermy was going to have a crack at him. You knew Walsh had to make up for the, the, the previous year's grand final being knocked out. So he, he gave Dermy one. And you just see Lee Matthews with the, you'd think he would have learned his lesson with Neville Bruns earlier in the year. He didn't. He, he gave Walsh one. And oh, it was just, yeah, the footy was so different back then. And to your point, cars before, it was almost carefree. They didn't really, it, it was almost like an ex expectation that there was going to be a big brawl in the grand final nearly every single year. Um, now, in fact, that decade, the only one that didn't have one would have, was, um, was the Melbourne Hawthorne 1988 one. And that was 
that was that didn't really have a massive flare up in it. I think Melbourne went in pretty much cooked anyway. But yep. um, what a decade! I mean, what a grand final that was. It was so good. Absolutely, Cuz. What's your uh, what's your favourite memory from that, mate? You got one? Oh, mate, look as silly as it sounds, the blue. Like I was lucky enough to go to that grand final '85. I didn't go in '84. And I sat not too far from the blue. And as lovely said, <laughs> you could see, as he said, it was almost carefree. Like Baker and McCarthy pushed each other. The Bakers went, no, nah, fuck it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> it, on. it was, just, it was, there was no pushing jumpers. No, okay, let's just go the old style. And I think from from what I saw there, the only one that didn't throw a punch is the is the famous Michael Tuck, mate. Or oh, to forever a gentleman, mate. Um, I think he just went oh. over, hand over someone and. I think I think Bomber, Tom, Bomber Thompson sort of skirted a little bit. He was like going around the outside. But the one bloke you've seen that, and I'm so glad he didn't connect with anyone. The bloody Brian Wood, he, he must he, I think he yeah. jumped about four foot through the air. He's going to just go somewhere. He's missed, thankfully. He's done a somersault out the other side. He's just gone back in to get someone else. Like yeah, if you look he, at the he, vision, you look at the vision, Tony Elshaw, there's two bikes fighting on the ground. He jumps over them to hit someone on the other side of the pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always yeah. a little one. He clears two blokes to roundhouse another guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always the little guys. All right, I'm going to change tack a little bit, guys. We're going to move on to just a couple of gigs that we've got coming up. We're going to quick yep. shout out to a few show friends that we've got. Um, Laura Davidson is doing an Amy Winehouse tribute tomorrow night at Bird's Basement, which is almost sold out. So if you can get to that, try and get along. Um, good show friend, Luke Sinclair. He hits the road finally. Um, Luke Sinclair set. So they will be at Archie's Creek um, following up from their post office gig. So that's Archie's Creek. That's uh, Saturday night. Um, we've got a launch, album launch for Truck, um, a new single, which... Um, is uh, at the Cherry Bar Friday night, so that'll be a good one too. Um, the Casanovas, Brent Wolferton, um, hits the hits Europe, so this will be a big one for the boys. They leave uh, this week to head over there, so Wolfie sends his love. Um, we're going to try and connect with the boys while they're over there and try and uh, do an interview in the middle of Europe somewhere, so that'll be an interesting one. Um, I love it. And just on the pitches um, or, or day... Wolfie's other band with Davey Lane, the pitchers released the new single today, uh, Can't Hold It Back, um, which is a cracker. 15 years ago, the boys uh, were together and have finally uh, got together again and recorded some new tunes. Um, Wolfie looking sharp with a little bit of yellow rinse by the look of that or gold light. Um, Davey always <laughs> looks sharp. Um, so is it's he, great to see. I'm surprised he's got his shirt half done up. Has yeah, Wolfie exactly. got the lemon rinse? It looks like he's got the lemon rinse. No, oh, I think he might have got the text from you, Cuz, on how to uh, pull oh, off the yeah, rinse. Oh, yeah, Dano, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. And a good show favourite, um, Damon Smith, uh, including we talk about mental health month this month. He's got a viewing of his movie, um, Mental as Everything. Uh, it's, a, it's a super movie. It's actually going to be um, played on October 10th, which is... International Mental Health Day, um, and it's at Thornbury Picture House. So they, those tickets are selling pretty quickly too. So we're hoping to get Damon on in the next week or so before, hopefully before the that show, if it's not done. during the month, to talk about. That's Monday week by the looks of it. Yeah, so he, we'll talk mm. about his issues with mental health 
um, what he goes through on a daily struggle with ADHD and a few other um, diagnosed issues. Um, but what a talented artist and he's a multi-award winner um, in so many categories. So shout out to those guys. And uh, thanks to Berkey teeing off on us saying, uh, can't wait to get out of lockdown so us blokes can go out and see some music. So <laughs> nice for Berkey that you finally got off that boat um, for the grand final and you've now put it back in the water. Mate, what a shocking idea that was. Seriously, not Berkey's fault, but shout out to Berkey who did the signage for all those boats and got them, got those pies in the water. But um, at the end you know of the what? day... The boats looked amazing. The boats actually looked really good. So the reputation's intact for Berkey and the, and the, and, and the crew there. But f- fancy thinking that you, you're going to have your fans 50 metres away from the supporters, uh, from the players and think that that's all right. When in comparison, it's five metres away. You could actually hold a conversation with them in the car in previous years. Dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, like you so, said, lovely. Yeah. I don't think the boats were the issue. It was, it was the setup. It was ridiculous. Yeah, sure. I, I, I like trying new things, but I think there's a lot more work they can do in relation to that. I think. I'll just shoot them out of a fucking cannon. Be done with it. <laughs> We'll come back and tee off on the AFL a little bit later in the show. All right, 85, boys. These are a few of the quick memories, and this one goes for a couple of secs, and we'll, we'll go through a few of them. But this is one for me. He's got style. There's something different about you. Did you change your hair? He's got class. Wolf. Weirdly enough for me, that didn't seem that weird at the time in 85. I don't know why. It's more weird now. I was obviously a massive basketball, um, college basketball fan, NBA fan, like we kind of all were as kids. And then Team Wolf came about and it was Space Jam that came in the future on a whole nother level. Um, what a unique idea, fair to say, back in the day. Was there anyone not, bigger not- at the time than Michael J. Fox in that that period, that 84 to 88, 89, he just could not do a thing wrong, could he? He was just, everything he touched, he had the modest touch and he had it turned to gold. Yeah, he had that, Back to the Future, he had, he had the sitcom Family Ties. Yep. Um, it just, just, and such a talented man too, clearly. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a shame he's gone through what he's going through, but uh, back then, my goodness, everything, yeah, like you said, Cuz, it was just everywhere and nothing was, was rubbish. Yeah. Nothing was rubbish. Sure was. And speaking of him being everywhere, we're going back. We're going way back. Got a lot of got a lot of Dave Cosmo in the, the doc. All I ever wanted, all ever wanted, one of those was one of those puffer jackets. Yeah. Uh, what was it? What was the color? Sorry, what was the color scheme of Michael J. Fox's puffer jacket again? It was red and blue, right? Red, red and blue. Red and blue. blue. I think. Yeah. 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 I, I, I was. I'm amazed that it never actually sold out here in Australia, like or worldwide. Like they didn't actually ever. Release them. People would have bought them. 
That's how big that movie was. I think you can buy it as a dress up now, which I'm still keen to, mind you. I'm I'm, I'm willing to. Yeah. I'm willing to go as Back to the Future if the if the right theme presents itself. It's a movie you could just keep watching and watching and just continuing to find little chestnuts in, isn't it? Like, like the three movies, like they were all good movies. Like when you think about movies that have gone into the sequels or prequels and that sort of stuff. They were just all great shows, weren't they? Sure were. You know what? I, I, I honestly reckon it wouldn't surprise. I don't know for sure. You guys might know. But that, that animation uh, series, Rick and Morty, which, by the way, is a cracker, um, It's I, I can't help but think, is that actually like a, a, a an R-rated version of Back to the Future <laughs> with, with, yeah, with Doc and Marty? Like, it just... The movie just was it, it was it was so ahead of its own time. It was that was oh, the best bit. It was ahead of its own time, and the plot was awesome. Like manure, I hate manure. All the, all the catch lines are just hilarious. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you do want to see a DeLorean, a real life DeLorean, yeah, uh, <laughs> yes. it's fitting that we bring up this uh, curated show for Daniel Johns by Eddie Zamet. Um, go ahead and have a look at this. It's on for nearly another month, I think, um, in the city in Melbourne. And there's a real DeLorean, uh, which I believe is Daniel's. So um, not a bad little investment after all these years, for sure. Mate, I was listening to the ABC the other night, boys, and they were talking about that Daniel Johns thing, about how good it is. Good to hear. We'll We'll make sure we end up there together. Uh, My plan was, Eddie... Did say he would if we hit him up, he'd give us a bit of a guided tour. So let's try and organise a day and a day. Yeah, to yep. get that yep, done. Sure. Yep. Um, all right, nineteen eighty-five. It was a big year. Now I don't know if I'm just noticing all these because these were very much in our childhood wheelhouse. Um, Cause you're probably out dating girls by this stage, but for Lovey and I, this kid was the king. Don't forget the <laughs> you gotta love it, don't you? If you haven't tried the truffle no. shuffle once in your life, you're missing Mate, out. I reckon every every year level at our primary school, we had a kid that we reckon was the best at doing the truffle shuffle. Yeah, absolutely, he'd get his chip like once a week on the Friday. Get the get the old top up and give it this one. It was just hilarious. Yeah, if you didn't have a kid in your it. class that you called Chunker. Um, then you weren't uh, you weren't doing your thing. No, nah. nah, that's right. That's right. I love that. I love that movie. That is that is. <laughs> well, he's, he's getting the, he's taking the top off just just around the head. Yeah, and I'll never good, forget, very good. Never forget the first time seeing Sloth. Um, what a scary oh. scary man, mm. and that uh, lady <laughs> that, that uh, was the, the grandma. Talk about a scary woman. You know, you know. There's another movie that was that, that was released that year, and I, I still reckon it holds its own now. And it's hilarious. It was Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, oh. that was Eddie Murphy's Eddie Murphy's first worldwide breakthrough. And um, I know they had I know they had four eight hours, but Beverly Hills Cop was just massive that year. Absolutely massive. We Malik five thousand dollars. Five. What? Oh yeah. Five, why not read? Five thousand dollars. 
And then the then that Judge Reinhold when they when they go to the drug lord's house, all the cops have got to control get they've got the thing under control. No more guns are fine. Gets up and goes, Does anyone move? I'm gonna shoot the next guy. And Eddie Murphy goes. Yeah. <laughs> Very well, good show. They're all there that year. Um, honorable mentions to Stallone with Rocky, one of the Rockies. There had to be a Rocky in each almost well, each year. Rambo yeah. two. Rambo yep. two came out that year. Yep. Um oh, another massive one. What was it? Uh, National Lampoon's European vacation. Oh correct. That was just a cracker. Yep. <laughs> Talk about movies kids, you could watch. Kids. You know, kids, Big Ben has a parliament. Kids, Big Ben has a parliament. Yes. Um, the old line is going to pork her, Russ. That's not in that <laughs> <laughs> There you go. All right. Who's that on the billboard? Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's, let's switch back to music in the 80s. This had to be one of the greatest moments. She was 85, mate. 85. That last bit in, cuz just to give you a bit of love. Someone yeah. still loves you, mate. It's still Freddie. Shout out, mate. <laughs> One speaking of the most of iconic performances ever, wasn't it? Really, absolutely. And speaking of love, before we just talk about that iconic performance, um, how does anyone love this man? What's going on with the beast? Have you heard? Yeah, of I, 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 um, I reckon he got a bit bored. I think he. <laughs> A bit bored, you reckon? I think he got very he bored. He, he didn't like school. didn't like his mum and dad, clearly. And just thought, you know what? I've got a few hours to kill. I'm just going to put that on my face. Do you reckon he might All have right? been thinking he was a bit of brave heart and then thought stuff like, I'll go the full hog or what? I don't know. Well, I don't know, but thank fuck he spelt beast, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's Whether he's done it or he's got a... A tattooist that's got a an issue, fair to say. Uh, there's got to be you'd have to see the rest of his body. Um, and that is, that is out of that is out of 1985. That head that is genuinely too much space. But yeah, yeah. he's no. being he's being wanted. Fair to say, you won't <laughs> hide. All right, and this bloke, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, thank also, you very much. Also, yeah, no, nice. Got the te- Thank you. He's also got the technical nous of someone back in 1985 too. Well done, Glenn. Cuz, as you were typing that on your Atari, what's the what's the story, mate? What's what's going on? Obviously, Optus mate, I, mate, I was unaware of it, blissfully unaware, I might add. Till I um, and a couple of mates said, oh, "I've got a couple of friend requests," and I said, "Oh no, sorry, boys, not for me. I haven't." There you go. Yeah, I don't know. I reckon. How many? How many? How many um, sets of Optus details have you got? I want none of that bedsheet. <laughs> okay, yeah, I am with that wonderful company too. Fair to say, you might have a few um, little issues popping up over time, and hopefully, 
uh, it doesn't get too bad for you, cuz. I, I kind of feel for you to some degree. Optus, no, absolutely. If you, haven't, if you haven't left off Optus by now, you should have. Um, There's, um, as we know, they've all, they've all never had a great reputation. Now, this isn't going to be a good time for a new iPhone to come out and Optus have this issue. Um, fair <laughs> to say, there's a bit of a blip in sales going to happen. But they haven't even, um, the worst thing about it though, they haven't, what I would say, categorically apologised to their customers. It's almost like, yeah, suck it up, princess, almost in a way. No, they have, no. They have, and they're offering compensation for, you know, things like your driver's licence and that. What's pissing me off the most about this whole thing, I'm not even an Optus customer, but I feel for people that are, um, you know, there's government, there's now government documentation <laughs> that's been impacted. So your passport, so you need a new passport number and the rest of it. I, I'm trying to understand why state, our state government's dragging its heels on looking to replace um, certain, you know, Vic Roads, uh, license numbers and the rest of it, but gradually, yeah. surely you've got to get the passport reissued as soon as you possibly can. I mean, there's people trying to fly out today, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday. They yeah. still haven't acted upon it, and I, and I think it's it's a real concern. This should be an issue between Optus and the government, and not the government saying Optus. Now you've got to, you've got to liaise with the customer. Yeah, just yeah. give the customer what they need right now, it's and then the government and Optus actually work it out. Provide a solution. Leave the customer out of it. Leave the, the customer news, out of it. The good news is while Vic Roads were out filling potholes in the middle of southeast Melbourne, um, they finally sent the text out for how to go about and get your licence reissued. So, Cuz, that's the first thing you probably need to do. Um, but I'm sure, mate, I can send in any of these images if you like, mate, if, so you don't need to go and get another <laughs> You don't need to get another headshot done, mate. Oh, oh, that's lovely. Might as, well, might as well bring them all that, out. That, yeah, well, I like the second one. Keep them coming. Well, I, think I like the one, second one. This one probably sums it all up. Like, there's not much that needs to be done. No chance of mistaken identity or anything. This will be the one, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Free advertisement for the FJ sessions for Dave Cosma. That's all I was doing there. There you go. Um, Dave Cosma. No, I like the second one. It's got a lot of good forms <laughs> about it. Real, 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 real razor head. You know, you had the grey eraser and the white rubber. Real, got a lot of that about it. Real eraser head type action. How good was that back in the day, the old combination rubber with the two different sides to it? Just on That's the what head looks like in that second photo. Let's touch Thank on you. the old combination eraser while we've got it. That little end, the one <laughs> okay. that was at the other end, right? The one you always ran out of the good rub eraser. When you're rubbing actually some that rub anything out, and then you had that solid bluestone brick at the other end that was supposed to rub out pen, right? That all it did was put a hole in the paper before you got the pen off. So never go on. Secretly, that is the big I actually think it's the most underrated rip-off of all time. Yeah, because it was half that, 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 it was half. You might as well get your dad's sandpaper out and just fucking use the sandpaper. Because I mean, it never got the pen off, because as I said, you'd have you'd have a gaping hole in your work. Yeah. Where you try to rub it out with the pen to get the pen off, and it was just well, doing. I suppose it worked in theory. Um, it did get rid of the pen, just got rid of the piece of paper as well. <laughs> so, Four uh, anyone to liquid, well. liquid paper made a million. Yes, correct. Good, good, uh, good quirks of the eighties for sure. We'll Under, up, an underrated rip off. Yeah, absolutely. We'll dig up a few more of those uh, as we travel back through the eighties. Um, 
And just the last one on the music theme, this was the end of that Live Aid show and possibly one of the biggest moments of collating artists of everywhere put together for one of the songs to raise money. Even Stevie, you gotta love Stevie there. Stevie Wonder was oh, just has a, right. a talent room. Yeah, incredible. Now the last bit that was actually the concert um, that I didn't show there was the on-stage component for the last song, um, run by Bob Geldof and uh, every lineup of artists in the '80s that you could come across um, that was cross kind of rock and pop at the time. Incredible just to uh, to be able to do that and put that together. It was one. It's still one of the biggest concerts ever, I believe. I think um, it I is. I think it still it. is. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I um, I actually I went straight to the bottom left when I first started that clip. Then that's the healthiest I've ever seen. Michael. I remember seeing Michael Jackson as an adult. He looked he looked, he looked fit. He looked healthy. Gigi was on great. top of his game back in the mid eighties. He looked great, and it's you know obviously. We all know the MJ story, but if he had a stayed just like that, he would have aged as the absolute coolest cat of all time. But yeah, we all know if you're still making music now, yeah, correct. And, 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 and as you said, as we know about what happened with him in his story, but shit, he could, some of his songs were amazing in that period. There, like some of the songs of Thriller and subsequent songs after that, but he was just for that five or six year period, he was just. He was it. He was the bee's nose, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, you know what it has. You know what I reckon. You, you know what I reckon you should do after the show. Chuck it on on, on facing. You get the lineup that was in the in, in the UK. You get the lineup in America. Yep. And you ask the question: What concert would you go see? Yeah. There you go. We'll do that. We'll yeah, put up okay. a post. Good one. Yep. Um, there you are. I do. I do. Yeah, I forgot about that actually. That there were there was the two going on Simultaneous, at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. About that. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to revisit that one for sure. Um, all right. I think it's got to be time for this, doesn't it? Like the 89 Grand Final. Like a dim sim. It's what the crowd come to see. Cousins Classics. It still gets me. I try and keep a straight face and I'm... And I just can't. Just... <laughs> oh, God help us. <laughs> oh, I just well. see, Glenn, take no offence to this, but when you're in the Chantile Park to um, see footy jumper, all I can see is your tits, mate. Oh, I'm sorry. No, but I, I, I look like a half a mile. <laughs> just on this, this segment's brought to you by Global Pizza in my room. <laughs> Yeah, right. glad they're the boys on board, mate. Look, I must apologise. Not my cousin, not my own classic. I had um, a steam colleague in the top left corner. As you look at the screen, Mr. Cusack said to me, "You'd have to do one on show bags." And obviously, a lot of people say I'm like a show bag, full of shit, but not much else. Um, 
I didn't say that. <laughs> not, <kidding. laughs> not, not tonight, anyway. Um, I will. Yeah, thank you very much. Showbags. Obviously, we're talking about back in the 80s and as young men, we would have gone off to the show with our parents and our families and what an amazing thing it was. And I look, I look back probably when I went with the boys probably five or six years ago and they were a bit younger. And I thought, shit, how expensive is the body show? It never seemed that expensive when we were kids when we went with our folks. Like your mum and dad give you 20 bucks. You'd go off with your mates, you'd end up with about 15 show bags and you'd go on rides as well. You'd, you'd seem like a millionaire. Yeah. Um, I did a, bit, a little bit of research, late, last minute research, I must admit. Um, three show bags that I always loved. I was always a big fan. The simple things in life often the best. I love the Birdie Beetle show bag. There you go. Good old there fashioned. You go. Look how small that little show bag it would have been based on. How the size of a birdie beetle? How many you reckon you got in there back in the day for a, what was it a dollar or was that a twenty cent show? Maybe, back but, in the day? Oh, back in the day, I reckon you know, I can remember getting fifty cents, maybe a, maybe a dollar, but you'd probably get it's 10, now, 15 I, birdie beetles in there. I think it's now popular for the fact it's a two buck show bag. No other show bags cheaper than eight bucks now. I yeah, think that's course, the yeah. it's infamous for that. Yeah. And look, the other favourite one, and, and it was also a good one for the dentist, they loved it, was the Minty Show Bag. You used to get a fair bit of variety in the Minty yeah, Show Bag because you get a fair bit of Allen stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that I always loved, and I couldn't find one of it, was Daryl Lee was one, but also the Cadbury Chocolates one. Like That was always the different varieties of Cadbury Chocolate Show Bags you get. Yeah, definitely. What about your boys? And what are your recollections of good show bags? Bobby, got one? Yeah, well, I remember always getting the horror, getting the horror show bag. That was always good fun, and, and you, you always got the you always got the show bag with the whoopee cushion, and then the, and, and and then you had like 150 spiders, like little black spider, plastic spiders. Then you had the fake shit in there. Um, the whole thing was it was just great. I'll never forget one time I did get my dad an absolute stinker with the, the fake shit. I put it in the bottom of his breakfast one morning. And as he was going down, he could see the top of the shit and he just absolutely threw it. He threw it across the kitchen. The bowl splattered everywhere. <laughs> and then he saw the, instead of seeing the crap going, he actually saw it just bounce across the bench. And the first thing he yelled out was my name and other expletives to go with it. So that was, um, I, I love that sort of show bag. Do you remember that, you guys might remember the old VFL show bag. Every club had it. <laughs> And they were just full of absolute trash. There was some there was some stuff where you, you get the occasional button badges. You chuck them on your duffel coats and that. But, geez, the, the things they had in those show bags were just absolute garbage. It was it was funny. But um, I remember getting a He-Man. My only other show bag, I remember getting He-Man, Master of the Universe. You, know, you, had, a, you had a He-Man mask and you had a skeletal mask. And I, I, I mum reckons one year I, I had it. And if I'd crack the shits or something, I'd chuck on the skeletal mask. And if I was a happy kid, I'd chuck on the he mask. So, yeah, that was it for me. What about you, Ace? I think out of that show bag, we might have got one of these. Mm. The day. So, Lovey, I'm just going to dump you off there. For, I think we've got another audio drama with you, so I'm sure you'll be back in a couple of seconds. 
Do you think the show's dying a de- bit of a death, mate? Is it? Uh, look, I've kind of like to be honest. I've lost kind of touch with the old Royal yep. Show a little bit. Um, having kids a little bit older now, we've kind of uh, skipped that. But I know my kids kind of miss it, and they went a few years ago just as a bit of a nostalgia um, thing. But uh, one one thing I remember from the the Royal Show in Melbourne was the was that big giant big M. Do you remember the big M? And that's all I ever wanted as a as a kid was can I can we go and get a big M? You know, we we'd never the big M was so big you couldn't work out where the actual to get the big M's from were. Um, I I had this weird idea when I was a young kid that I thought that big M was full of milk. So, um, <laughs> but talking about talking about show bags, uh, you couldn't go past the old Violet Crumble. And Lifesavers back in the day. Yeah. That's going back probably a little bit before me, the old Violet Crumble one. But the Lifesaver one was always a ripper. There was plenty of good value there. Um, oh, it was the Cherry Ripe one. Shout out to the WizFizz um, oh. show bag as well. You could, uh, one of Wayne Carey's favourites, obviously. But there was, um, <laughs> would have been, look, it's always it's a great time. Up. Always a great time, the, the Raw show. Um, you used to get dragged through the animal exhibitions um the raw agricultural show as they were known and i'll never forget the the clydesdales from um oh, that obviously used to pull the the beer carts back in the day um just the in, incredible size of those size ho- horses they're just um yeah incredible what they used to be able to pull pull along talk about power um but they were absolutely huge and never forget the colored chickens for sure back in the day it is the diet <laughs> yes. in any color. Um, weirdly, I used to think that they came out that color when I was a kid. So no one ever told me otherwise. But there you go. That's the Royal Show. Cuz, not a bad classic tonight. I'll give you that one. Thank you, mate. You've got to take the credit, though, mate. But look, as I said, it's a bit of a shame, a shame this show, because I don't think when you were young and obviously school holidays and school age, it was just the natural thing you'd do on the school holidays when it sort of started. You'd go to the show, but now it's it just doesn't seem to be. And I think the couple of years off with COVID probably didn't help much either. It doesn't seem to be as big here as it is in other states. Like Brisbane's got the Echo. There's the Royal Easter show up in um, Sydney and that, and the Royal Adelaide and the Royal Perth show seem pretty big. But ours seems to have lost a little bit, which is a bit of a shame, really, because it used to be pretty big. Yeah, it was. Um, and then all the shit they didn't sell at the show ended up out at Whittlesea uh, a month or so later out for the Whittlesea. <laughs> this was always good. You could pick up the same $10 show bag for 5 bucks, but it had nothing in it or only half the shit in it now. So it was quite funny. But I'll never forget the old wood chopping. There's one I've got to bring up, the old wood chop. Um, used to watch it on on um, Wide World of Sports back in the day, uh, Saturday mornings, and... It was uh, it was great to see. I'm trying just trying to think of the the famous woodchop family. Oh, tools, mate. There you go. Yes. Cover beauty. Um, talk about big um, uh, incredible, and I still believe generations of O tools still around doing. I the think old they still are. Yeah. yeah. I've um, my only other thing I'll talk about the Melbourne show. I know you want to move on. I, I can trace back a, a phobia and just something I really hate back to the show as a kid. So my fear of heights came from a couple of the rides I had 
when I was about seven or eight. And um, both those times I got off and I could not. Mind you, I probably shouldn't have had the big M that you were talking about before, Aaron. Big M and, and the hot dog before I go on them. And I stuffed up both times those years, but I felt so sick after the rides. Never, ever wanted to go on those rides again. And the height factor on those, I've, I've been jittery ever since, I'm sure of it. Yeah. The other thing is I'm very, very conscious of walking behind animals, especially ones with hoofs. Now, um, oh, no. I, I, I distinctly recall... My dad was really good with animals and he saw this bull's tail come all of a sudden flex upwards. Now that's a sign they're either gonna take a shit or they're gonna kick back. Yeah. Now this now now dad dragged me dad, dad dragged me away. Now there was a cage, it was caged off. But this bull all of a sudden just kicked out and hit these bars, these steel bars. There was a kid next to me, I don't know who it was. This kid was leaning on the bars at the time. And the hooves, the hooves hit the bars about a foot away from him. He he was sent flying right across the other side of the aisle. And I thought, oh, I'm not getting, I'm not going behind any animals with big hooves ever again. Never. There might be Dude, a reason. Scared the shit out of me. There might be a reason those animal. I don't think those animal little exhibitions are on anymore, mate. I think they've turned into <laughs> decorating shows um, yeah. where they can't. The, and and the petting zoos are thinking of the past now. Yeah. Uh, Cuz you'd be right entering your dog, mate, in the obedience uh, school there. Mate, my dog's beautiful, <laughs> mate. She's very, very good dog, my dog. Shout Not out. very obedient, Glenn. <laughs> Come on, mate. You know she loves you, lovey. All right. I think it's time for... Let's go make our friend lovey mad today. Lovey loses it. Bobby loses it. Bobby loses it. Yeah. Shout out to Dave. The last one with the glasses, mate. I, just, I just can't. I take everyone I can, but I just can't take that last one serious. The best part is it always puts a smile on our face to see both those two little intros done beautifully by Dave. We gave him no brief other than... Yeah. Do something better than my absolute terrible performance that I put together for a couple of weeks there. Um, and we love them. So fair to say, once you put it on Facebook, it's open slather, unless you're Cuz that gets his account hacked. Right, yeah, I love definitely. you. Now, I, um, now, Aaron, don't come off the screen. Glenn, don't come off the screen. We're, in, we're all in this together. We are. Okay, it's particular okay. now. So footy's finished. Footy's done. Yep. Now we hit that lull period. Right now, both genders, both genders, the footy's done. So both genders are sort of a bit like, well, what do we do here? Now, more often not, and a lot of my mates have sort of complained to me about this in the past. Um, brownie points. Now you have to earn the brownie points. You've either been playing the game or you've gone to watch the game a lot. You hit the pub and you left your better half at home a heck of a lot. Now, my beef is with both sexes here. And I'll start off with the female. Now, listen, we work our butts off for 40, 40 plus, 50, 60 hours a week. We're in an outlet. Every time we want to go to the footy, every time we want to watch it, every time we play it, now we'd love to come home and give you a cuddle and all the rest of it still after the fact. What we don't want to have is a bit of a guilt trip about the whole thing. I've been away for five hours and I've been back. Please stop doing that. 
okay? And then once the season's finished, please stop asking for the 125 hours we spend at the football to be made up in two weeks. It's not going to happen, okay? So just cool your jets, just calm down a little bit. Females, it will happen over time. We will make it up as we go with beautiful little summer walks, um, Whatever you would like to do over the summer, we're more than happy because you know the footy season's coming around back in March anyway. And that's when we say, right, enough, we're back on the football. Boys, don't shirk your responsibility. You know you've got to make the hours up. So don't come to me saying, oh, I don't know how to make up brownie. I don't know how to make up that time. Or what are brownie points? I don't want to, you know, I don't know how to do brownie points. What am I meant to do with that? There's three key things, boys. Give them a hug. Time. Give them time. Be patient. Okay? And uh, make them a nice meal. Make them a nice meal in return. Do something for them that they are going to appreciate. You know? I mean, this is the school book of love you're talking to right now. So that's it. That's all I'm saying. Just be patient. Just be nice. Give them as much time as they need. And at the end of it all, you know that March is rolling around. You can leave the front door and off you go for another six hours each week. That's it. Very interesting. That, uh, mate, now gold, you're mate, gold. Hoodie's finished. Now you go off playing cricket on Saturday. <laughs> 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 of all the things you mentioned, you forgot to mention that, that little chestnut. Yeah, but, you know, that's okay. Always invited to watch. That, that, those things will work out. I can always oh, imagine maybe. girlfriend, wife, best mate, whatever. You don't come down and watch eight hours of cricket <laughs> standing. Oh God, side. no. Um, no. Not without becoming even, an alcoholic, anyway. Even if even if they take a keen interest, even if your partner takes a keen interest in the cricket, you wouldn't expect them to be there for more than an hour or two. I mean, even when, even if you're batting and you bat the whole time or something like that, it's like. Cool, he's made another run. Yep. She's um, listening very attentively to your comments. Oh, I'm sure there's quite a few that are, and I'm, I'm willing to accept feedback, good or other. Oh, you'll get it. You, yeah, you that's fine. That's I fine. Think, uh, I think you're 100% right, lovey. There's fair to say that we haven't all done it the best way over, over no. our years, um, but as we get older, we definitely appreciate Time and everything just, else around. Just give them time, patience, a bit of loving. Do something for them. They'll like it. Yeah. Uh, and shout out to Berkey, who always is uh, makes my phone ring hot to tell me there's a gig on um, and invites everyone he can. So to be fair to him, mate, he's always out trying to drag anyone he can out. Maybe, yeah. maybe he's playing as playing me or someone else for a fall because he's trying to make everyone else guilty as well while he's out looking at gigs. So everyone's welcome. The second we put it on Facebook and say we're off to a gig, um, please, anytime, come and meet us there and have a drink, have a laugh and uh, have a good time. Bring your partner. You know what? Bring your partner. Brownie points. I mean, it's not hard, boys. Let's just get it done. Very much so. Um we can't go without leaving this one. Come back, lovey-dovey. This is your home now. <laughs> lovey. It applies, it applies every time. I still love it. I still always, love it. There's always room for it. That's what I can say. Um, all right, boys. 
let's uh, we've kind of covered the 80s and 84, 85 especially. Let's just talk about the moment of the grand final or the moments. Uh, Justin, what uh, well, was going to come the, on? The 1985 grand final? No, yeah, we've covered yeah. that. So this year's grand final. I know it's a, it's a small um, sample space, really. There's not too much to talk about at the end of the day. It was a, it was a belting in the end. Um, disappointing for some, um, but absolute awe for for others in respect of Justin Nunn, who comes on the show a bit. He mad Geelong. He's still off celebrating um, at the moment. <laughs> he's out. Uh, I think he's out trying to save people some money at the moment. Uh, obviously, he's in the finance kind of game, and he's uh, always looking out for someone else. Very much like captain of the club, Joel Selwood. I, I've I've really warmed to Selwood uh, right at the end of his career in his last game. Um, hated him for years in respect of hate. What I hated about him was he was so intense, a battler and a fighter, and he never gave up. And he was he was always involved in anything you could have um, when your team played them and lost to them. He was always involved. So That's because you wish you had him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 350-odd games, um, premiership captain now, um, but – Four premierships under his belt too. We he, he, just an absolute out and out champion. And what he did on the day, a couple of special moments for me, um, which I'm sure we all agree. After the game, giving his boots to the Oz kicker uh, of the year, um, or that Oz kick uh, little hero that they made him out to be, um, getting the. The uh, water boy or their their um, spiritual kind of little leader, um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but they got yeah. him out over the over the fence and out onto the ground to enjoy it. I thought that was a pretty special moment. Yep. And obviously the start of the game, guys, we we can't forget that it was wasn't almost wasn't a dry eye in the in the place when they saw Gary's young Gary Ablett's um, famous hero of the club, uh, his young son who isn't well. Um, brought him out onto the ground and Joel Selwood took him through the banner. So you could see Gary was a little nervous at the time and um, probably nervous for his own son and everything else. And that smile on his face was just set the day up for me. It was just incredible. Um, what a moment. What a moment. It was uh, it was great to see. So those kind of couple of the three special moments for me, other than the game, um, what's your thoughts before we – we're, we're going to just do a little – a um, couple of segments. It doesn't go for long, but we're just going to whip through a couple of quarters. So why don't we play the first quarter and then we'll just have a quick chat about what really happened there. 80% time in forward half for the Cats in the opening nine minutes of this game. It's a lot of ball, no scores. Hawkins from the boundary throw in. We know how good he is. And he kicks the first goal in the 2022 grand final. Chris Gordon, the All-Australian boundary umpire, throws it back in. Once again, Hawkins with an inside-out slider. He is brilliant at this. Papley to a dangerous spot. Ground level, Haywood. Sydney get there first. Sliding handball, Dangerfield. Outmaneuvers Rowbottom. 55 metres out, long ball. Stanley should mark this. And he will, in fact, it quits halves. One down by Stanley. Dangerfield, how good was that? 
And outstanding. Almost Isaac Smith. And now it is Isaac Smith. This is a hot start. This is a white hot start for Geelong. Good defensive fist, Duncan Selwood. Now Smith again. Isaac Smith, two in a row. First inning score conceded by Sydney all year. Now they've got a little opening. Buddy can't quite find Papley, but he puts a really good tackle on. What a first quarter, boys. Oh, interesting enough for me, 10 minutes in, there pretty much wasn't a score almost. And then at all, the ball started to go. Um, and Hawkins just set him alight with two, which how many frustrating, how many times do you see Hawkins do that? Pull it out of the, out of a throw-in goal. And then it was uh, Isaac Smith's two absolute crackers as well, um, which that's why they got him there, let's face it. Um, he's still got plenty of that to give. Boys, interested in your thoughts on what you thought about then at quarter time? Lovey. So, I'll give you best on ground at that point in time. And it was underestimated because Smith at two, Hawkins do. Yep. The danger field was best on ground by an absolute mile in that first quarter. And yep. you saw one of the passages there. He just wanted it more than any other footballer on that ground. Mm. Set up a set up a forward entry and got the goal, second goal for Smith. So Paddy was a Easily the best on ground at that point in time. Yep. And worst on ground, and I'll tell you what, he will live with this for the rest of his days, Tom Hickey. He knows that Tom Hawkins looks to do it. His positioning was poor, but his, his strength was just absolutely it, – it just – that – if, if – if, I recall when your Ruckman is not that strong in a contest, it actually – it can deflate you. And when that happens twice in a row – your Ruckman's meant to be a stronger guy half the time. Yeah. And when that happens, it's just, geez, it's hard to come back from that mentally as a team, I reckon. Like, you just straight away, you're going, fuck, what now? So, um, that were the two key things for me. Yeah. What do you notice, Cuz? Just look even back at that footage. On that thing with Hickey, spot on, Lovey, with his, his lack of strength in that, in that contest. But if you watch in both those goals that Hawkins kicked, watch McCartan. So McCartan's there. He's he's Hawkins' man. Obviously, Hickey's come down as a ruckman. McCartan twice, nowhere near Hawkins at all. So when Hawkins has done the push, McCartan's watching, ball watching twice, and you watch his body language, he was not on. He was not switched on. As you said, as for the first 10 minutes, it was back and forth. Like you said, Lovey, emotionally for the, for the Swans, even though it was only two goals, that was big, I think, in the whole concept of the game. Their, their body language after the way that Hickey was gotten rid of so easily and Hawkins got those two goals. And then the two missed tackles on Smith. You spoke about Dangerfields when Papley bodied the ball one-handed. Um, Dangerfield bodied it properly, got it forward goal. They beat them up. They just showed they wanted them all. They weren't <coughs> super skilled. They were just harder at the footy. And I think Sydney thought, fuck, we're in trouble here and it's only 10, it's only 20 minutes in the first quarter. And I think that set the scene for the rest of the day. Sydney yeah. never looked like it after that, I thought. Yeah, I think one thing I noticed was the ball seemed to spread a lot wider for the Cats as well. They knocked it out wider and they, they got themselves out of that in and under kind of contest and then they seemed to split 
out of the middle. And I know you, you got to come when Dangerfield comes through and splits a pack with momentum. All of a sudden, you got blokes out on the outside that can really then go and through and deliver. So that well, was. Yeah, so to that point, I know you want to jump to the second quarter, but to that point, where does Sydney play half their games? Where do, where do they play half their games? Yeah, on, on a tight on the confines of the point. SCG. It's yeah, a lot tighter. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's a very good point. Um, but they did get one late, one late or two goals and must have thought, okay, we're, we're not that far out of this. But then again, here was the second quarter. Now they've got lots of numbers back here. Errol Goulden. Got a hope with this ball. Views. Stengel. He is living the dream. Only real way back into this game, it seems. Ryan Clark. There we are. One arm was all Hayden McLean needed. Short, Duncan, that's going to be called play on, so Guthrie's got to hoist it high. Lots of players in the air, O'Connor came hard at the ball. Dangerfield again with brilliance. Hawkins gets a free, I reckon, out of this. Right through the middle. get that through and now he gets it back and he's starting to get some run from behind clever Reed does not look right at all Warner running to half forward jams it to the skipper Cal Mills can the skipper ignite something here I reckon he has beautiful bounce in the middle from Stepping Dangerfield again with the clearance Atkins gets rid of Rowbottom and then he's got time to spot up Stengel out wide. Classic football from the Cats. They're the city end goals. And that looks online. That looked perfect. What a spot to watch that from. Kids are here today. He loved this day, Warnings. Papley flicks it. Now McLean. Did that go far enough? Sneaks it through. So that last goal in that second quarter gives him a little bit of a sniff. But uh, Stengel, um, what an unbelievable career turnaround, first and foremost, um, to come from all the trials and tribulations and struggles he had at at, um, Adelaide. But doesn't it go to show what a mentor and a good mentor can do uh, with Eddie Betts. So uh, hats off to Eddie Betts. Um, there's, he takes, he probably doesn't take as much credit as he probably should for it, but to be able to turn around a guy's career like that and have a real day out, a game out, um, everything landed right for him. And Hawkins was kicking him from everywhere. At halftime, guys, um, was it for you guys? Was it totally over us from a coaching point of view? Or would you? where do you go from here? Oh, we know how quickly the game can change. Um. Well, as, as, a, as a spectator, watching that game, I was hoping, I was hoping like heck it wasn't finished. Um, mm. But when you're coaching, you, 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 six goals, you, you say to yourself, okay, let's break this down into lots then. Yep. So we're going to half time. Um, we've held sway. So we, 
I think we, we even the quarter. If I'm, I'm talking as a Sydney coach, we even the quarter. Good. No worries. We, we stopped the onslaught. Now we've got to try and work out the areas that we were lacking, and that was first of the footy and run. Uh, we got a little bit of that. Now we have to double that up. We have to reinforce those things and kick the first two. Kick the first two goals, and I think we're back on. And you get under 20 points at three-quarter time, it's absolutely game on. And Sydney are very good at running games out. So I would have been thinking as a coach, we're well in this still. We've held sway. You've got Selwood who's gobbling off a bit. Beautiful. Starting to suck him in. I don't think that was the case. But, you know, you're trying to you tell your teammates that, um, you know, oh, even their captain's starting to gob off a bit. We, we, we're getting them back. We're getting them back. We're starting to hold on. Um, for that second quarter, they just ran the footy a lot more, Sydney. Geelong didn't do anything wrong. Sydney just played a bit better than they did in the first quarter. That's all. Yep, Cuz, your thoughts? Where do you start? Yeah, look, look as Lobby said, you, you, you come at halftime down that margin and the first thing you do is you, you focus on what or where you need to improve. But in terms of the score, as Lovey said, you break it down. Let's see if we can kick two or three without them kicking one and then really sort of hit home hard in the, sort of, in the last quarter. And as Lovey said, like Sydney got into the game more and held their own in that second quarter because they, they played to their strengths a bit. They ran the ball a bit. But as as we all know, you can go with that best laid intention to doing that. But as we, we saw what happened come the third quarter and they weren't able to to give a yelp wheel in the end. Yeah. So we their call on Sam Reid, um, some say is the wrong one, uh, just too close, giving his history before. What's your thoughts, boys, that, that at this point of the game, um, some... I kept getting texts from our good mate Rusty Mad Swannies saying, mate, what the hell are they doing with Reed still out there? Get him off, get him off. Um, they didn't make the call till half time and and I he thinks that's that's hurt him as well. Um, nothing like a dead man walking kind of at that point. I, I thought get him in a spot where he can, at least he can intercept. Um, but as we know, you know, one of those groin leg kind of injuries is it can be quite debilitating to move, be able to move around. So just interested in your thoughts on what you thought of, should you have ran with Reed, or should you have believed in in one of the other younger blokes to give him a shot? Yep. So both teams relied on their medical advice. Yep. Medical advice. Now, Chris Scott actually reversed it and said, I'm actually not going to play home. Hmm. Now, you'd be talking differently of Sydney on the grand final. Okay. So let, let's be really clear on that. Yep. Now, Sydney didn't lose the grand final because Reed went in under a cloud. Um, Sydney lost the grand final because they were shit. They just didn't play good football. End of story. Got nothing to do with Sam Reed. Um, I was actually disappointed in the one John Lombard did sort of present it that way after the game in that, yeah, we made the wrong call on Sam Reed. And someone said, oh, asked the question, was it a significant, you know, decision? And I thought, hold on. You've got 21 other blokes out there, plus you've got your sub. The game was almost done and dusted even when Sam was injured anyway. So for me, the medical advice he received, he's good to go. He's good to play. So you trust that advice like they have every other week of the year. Yep. I don't yep. see an issue with this. I actually yep. do not see an issue with this. That's just football. You run this another year, he could run the game out and win the Norm Smith. You just, it's just sport. That's just how it works. 
Yep. Lawyers tour. Yep. Righto. Let's bring on the premiership quarter, as we all know it and declare it as the third quarter. <laughs> Gets the handball away just. Blitzarves end on end. Smith, Cameron, McCartan, gone. Back out over 40 points. Zach Smith to wheel and go back on the left boot, get real good meterage on this, but too deep, and McCartan peels off and marks easily in the back pocket, Tom. You can do every test and stretch. And... Oh, no. So to cut you off, Doze, that kick was never getting to its intended target. It's us to the front. Danger field's been enormous. Stengel. Now Smith has already got a couple. He's got another one. It is raining goals. Even 10 goals. Turnover again. Dangerfield comes through with strength. Gets it to Stengel. Another one, Cats. Three. Smith. Long one. Close, nearly. Myers. Dangerfield's free. Beautiful ball for Stingle. Fire on! It's extraordinary. I have blown the Swans away. Yeah, it wasn't quite how the Swans wanted to play that quarter. Um, only being able to hit the scoreboard with one point. Um Fair to say it was over by this stage, boys. Hey, it was over five minutes into the third quarter. The quarter. Yeah. You, you look at you look at the score. They kick that third goal. Smith goes in to kick the third goal to put it sixty points in front and game over. Yep. There's still seventeen minutes left in the third quarter. I, I, I think I went off and got myself a double scotch by then. So it was it was done and dusted. It was yep. that was it. Yeah, a good feeling. A good feeling after that. That kick across goal. Now people make mistakes. That's that happens often in a game. That's a mistake that is often made. But that mistake McCartan made. He had probably those two minutes getting run down by um, Duncan. Then the kick across goal. He just had probably two of the worst minutes of his footy career, unfortunately. Him and Hickey are going to share the same psychological counsellor come November in the preseason. Yeah. Yep. I. Um... Totally agree with you boys there. It's, yeah, it's all right. Geelong, supporter. Geelong supporter, you would have definitely enjoyed it from here out. A um, little bit of pressure off. But, yeah, it doesn't often happen like that, does it? Um, to be so far in front and to be able to enjoy that part. We all picked a hell of a lot tighter than that. Um, and what the rest of the final series had presented was disappointing to see it kind of pan out like that. But, you can argue whether Geelong were the best team all year, deserved it, but they definitely weren't 80 points uh, ahead of the next best team, that's for sure. So in um, just before we go to the last, you know, where do you think... Do we have to? No, I'm joking. Yeah, we'll, we'll show <laughs> the last. It won't go for too long. Um, anyway, let's do that first. Now Guthrie to work his way through and making any contact with the boot, so it's going to be Warner. First of this second half. Great shot of it there. Really nice connection. 
goal for Sydney. Short little ball to Dangerfield, and Dangerfield looking for his first. Something he's wanted, gives it off to Cameron. Very, very unselfish. Cameron unloads. Got it! Look at him celebrate this. Not a bad collection. In the Premiership with that as well. Port with the footy here, Stevens. Run down. Colin Jasmine says, Don't do that to me. Looking for another one to go with his 24 touches. Puts it across the face with a very, very high ball. Blitz off. I thought he almost took the mark. Got it to Tui. Tui wants a goal in this grand final as well. Picked up by Close. Comes back to Parfit. He's just come on the ground and kicked the goal. Warner has kept going all day. Stevens. Long range ping, McCartan out the back. Might be front on contact, should be. Whoa, come on. On the spot, got it back into Cameron. Cameron now snuck the handball to close. Close over the top to Duncan. They're building, back inside, Dangerfield. The only player out there wearing long socks. Left foot snap on the line. DeConing's got one. The defender who was so brilliant early in the game. Bottom off the ground. Warner. Long look from Warner. Not sure anyone touched it. Don't think they did. It's a goal. Just wasn't there, Dave, right from the start when Geelong had a 35 point quarter time lead. Knocked down to Selwood. Wouldn't it be great? Got it working the right way. The skipper, the hero, the superstar. What a moment. Joel Selwood has nailed a goal. The emotions bubble over here at the MCG. Cats fans, stand up to your full height and celebrate this champion team that has delivered you your 10th premiership. Yeah, scary. Scary how good that was, really. 81 points in the end. Um, and a shout-out to any of our Cats mates. Um, yeah, it's an ominous sign. There are a few retirees, I think, out of this. So it's the first of it. Um, I'm not sure who else there'll be. Maybe a few I more. Think be. I don't think there will be. Uh, yeah. I, I hope not. I think he might be the only one, I think. Okay, uh, maybe. Maybe, maybe Reece Stanley. Maybe. Um, that might be about it. But... Um, I found it hilarious. There's two things I took ahead of that last quarter. I was so switched off. Who actually? Who did? Who did Parfit actually replace? Is when he came on the start? Who went off? I don't know who he took off actually. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I had no idea. I saw Parfit kick the goal because I was talking yeah. with the family about the Medi sub, and you know he doesn't get a medal if he's not out there and all that story because it happened with Melbourne last year and they just couldn't get the, what well, didn't get the Medi sub chose not to put him out there. Um, but I think it was great. That he got to enjoy it and obviously kick the goal, but yeah. I can't even remember who he did replace. I don't think nah. it was a genuine injury, put it that way. Um, and, and, and I'm loving the forecasts already. How uh, there's some pundits that have already said that well, Geelong will just fall off the face of the edge of the cliff now because all those blokes over 33 or over 30, that's that going to be that extra year too long for a few of them. And I'm reckon. You've got no idea, you blokes. You, you've been you're probably the same people who've been writing them off for the last five years in a row, anyway. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They'll be back up there again. And nothing, nothing could go wrong for them. Even the bump 
uh, as Selwood kicks the ball. He gets bumped across the positive into the positive part of the contest where he then you know rakes the ball in and in, in to kick a goal. Dangerfield snap um, ends up in the hands, which was probably going through anyway of the conning. But um, yeah, it was definitely a big day. Big day if you're a Cats man. Cuz, what's your rap? Oh, look, they, they, they had a day where they played extremely well. That's staying the bleeding obvious. But they, everything they tried came off. Yes, they exerted great pressure on Sydney. And that was Sydney. I don't think Sydney picked up the ball one grab all day. They second, third grab fumbled. Didn't play confident at all. That's obviously the pressure from Geelong as well. But every, as you said, everything Geelong tried came off. And look, easy said after the event. But I think they proved that they were probably a five-goal better side than most sides in it. 81 points, probably not. But I think, as we said earlier, they broke Sydney pretty early on and then it became just a bit of a cakewalk for them, really. 16 straight. I mean, that's just yeah. to me, you're a pretty dominant footy team, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think... Enough. I think they've got a great belief in their system too and each other. I think look, if you watch... All of their games this year, they know their roles and play their roles very well as well. Like even like obviously with um the young bloke going out not being able to play, Smith was able to go from sort of a back flank sutter to a wing, and took to it like a duck to water. So that's that's another strength as well, I think. I, I quickly look at it on the Sydney side. I know we'll move on, but I, the only thing I'm the only other thing I'll say now. That's three grand finals. So 2014, 2016, now 2022. John Longmire's system has not worked on grand final day. It's worked nearly every other week of the year. But um, I just feel like they don't have that grand final gear. The system, the program that they work to, because they're so rigid on it. They just don't have that extra step up that is required. Is it the MCG, you think? Uh, possibly. You get back to that hole, there's a bit of extra space on the grounds they don't play at, apart from the SCG. But at the same time, you should still have an extra capability about you because it is the grand final. And the fact they've lost three, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's not much that's gone wrong. It's just on the day. So what is it on the day for the Sydney Swans and not getting right? I think they've just got to ask themselves that question. That's all. Yeah, that's a good, good question to ask, I think. Yeah. Um, and shout out to the Cats boys. I think they took the piss beautifully um, with the two old scenario for their Mad Monday. Um, this pick I absolutely love. <laughs> uh, beautifully yeah, done, boys. How's um how's the haircut on Mitch Duncan on the right there in the chair? Yeah. It's a cracker. Yeah, beautifully done. Um, and then you know the classic uh, people coming out saying, "Oh, that's not a good look. It's piss taking the elderly and all that." Give us a break, like boys. That was almost going to that was almost going to be my losers at segment today. Everyone just has to be pissed off about something. Yeah, who cares? Any reason, any reason to uh, be pissed off, but. Um, look, shout out once again to Joel Selwood. Amazing career. Just announced his retirement today. Um, couldn't ask for a better captain, better club man. It'd be interesting to see his next move uh, next. But 
Um, boys, we're going to launch. Um, we probably should have done this a little bit earlier in the show, given the uh, length of time we're going with. But we're going with um, a pretty special thing uh, for this month, which is something close to all our hearts is men's, in particular men's, men's mental health, but mental health in general. Um, it's hard to believe that uh, one in five Australians, they say, are experiencing symptoms of mental health every year. And I think that is growing um, given what's happened with the pandemic. Um, there's never enough resource, never enough awareness around this now. And I think um, we need to do something about it. So we've decided uh, to jump on this one foot forward. I did this a couple of years ago, if you boys remember. Um, I think it was during COVID, maybe the first year of COVID. Um, so we're going to kind of do this as a bit of a team now and see if we can just raise a few bucks. This is done by the Black Dog Institute and it's called One Foot Forward. So um, we haven't really set a target of length of distance or anything like that to walk. Maybe we should do that in the next week or so. Um, but the thought is get out there and walk every day. My plan when I do that and have a walk every day is uh, I'll be on the phone to a couple of different people trying to just say g'day, effectively pick up the phone, make sure everything's all right. People that don't answer, shoot them a text. Uh, shout out to Sam Trapolino, who's been on our show before. Lost a good friend of his uh, yesterday, passed away. Um, so he's a little bit shaken at the moment. So I'm very close to him. And as we, all I did maybe was just shoot him a text um, and he really appreciated that. So that's how simple it can be to just show someone that you're thinking of them. Um, we aim to do that as a team and as a crew, anyone that feels like they want to jump on board, wants to walk with us, against us, however you want to do it, um, please do. Uh, we're going to try and raise a few bucks. Any money's good money. Lovey, I know you've already thrown your hat in the ring with a uh, hundred or so bucks, mate. It's, uh, that's awesome to see. We'll start to raise the bar as we go. We're going to do it all the way through October. We're not going to put a number on what we're going to do, but we're just going to go for it and see if we can touch as many people as we can. So we're going to uh, we're going to pin a few people along the way. Uh, first one I'm going to pin is one of your mates, Cuz H. Stan Hayden Stan. We're going to pin him to uh, to get involved, and um, obviously, I'm no doubt he'll donate. But we want him involved in uh, getting out there and. Here we one that you call first time out on the walk, cuz. So, yep. Lovey, you're going to do the same. And who knows, mate, we might walk all the way to one of your cricket matches. Um, so <laughs> get there before the, don't get there don't go out early, mate. Whatever you do, don't go out early. Does the um, does the walk back to the pavilion after scoring a duck count? <laughs> Absolutely, it does, mate. It all counts. Okay. Um, walk or run. So, if you can get a few runs, uh, we'll take those as well as part of the donation. Um, yeah, yeah. Now awesome. you, you set a you set a target for yourself, two thousand bucks. I did. Now I'm gonna. Dave Cosmo recently went to raise what three grand. Originally, ended up with eleven. Original target was a thousand dollars. Ended up with eleven grand, right? Yep. Now you've asked to your 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 bar is two grand. If you can get this up to you, you yourself, if you can get this up to ten thousand bucks off the back of what Dave Cosmo's done, I will get a tattoo on the side of my foot of the "So What's Been Happening" logo, and on the other foot, the Black Dog Institute logo. Wow, there's a okay. there's a fair incentive for the I'm on the dog and bone now. <laughs> So it's Aaron's. It's Aaron's two grand. Needs to be ten. 
So not not as the team. It's Aaron's Aaron's own personal tally. That's, that's tough. That's tough for sure. Nah, um, well, the team. I, I, I don't give out these tattoos willy nilly. We know this, yeah, right? Fair call. Fair call. Um, so, if you get to ten grand, there'll be a small tat on each foot. Well, I can tell you one thing. Um, I'll be very content if I get anywhere near two thousand dollars to raise um, for a charity for sure. Yeah. So let's. He, 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 he says that now. <laughs> let's let's aim high, mate. Let's aim high for sure. Um, and we'll we'll try and reach out. I know it's going to be a very busy month for Black Dog Institute, but we're going to try and reach out to someone there to try and maybe get them on the potty for a quick chat about some of the things that are happening. And I know I just picked up on their screen that they're doing some free mental health webinars that you can jump yeah. on, and they've already had a couple. And I think some of these are incredible topics to discuss. So. I think uh, anyone that wants to jump on can register for these free sessions. Um, they're a talking point, no doubt, and cover a lot of topics. So I'm going to try and jump on a couple to see what they're all about. And I'm, and you never know, like we started this podcast, boys, we jumped on literally to have a chat to each other, have a chat how we're feeling during the issues of the pandemic and all the story that went on there. And it's um, it's been good as a mental health release for us to jump on and have a chat and have a chat to other people and have a laugh and talk about good times and most importantly, bad times as well, um, and help it become a bit of a pressure valve release sometimes because I definitely, I know uh, the lovey loses it. We kind of take the piss out of a little bit and it's a bit lighthearted, but there we all know that things can build up and that's kind of why we do it. We kind of, we didn't really pigeonhole you, lovey, as the one that loses it, but we've all been... We've all been one that's had uh, short tempers over time. But they kept it pretty well, mate. But well, I do fucking lose it. <laughs> yeah, we, all, we, we all know what Cuz's Classic's about, um, which is always uh, always, always good times. And the, and the other classic is that uh, Cuz is always there for, for one of us. So that's always a good thing as well. So. I think um, just really quickly, mate, what I like yeah. about the Black Dog Institute is the fact that it touches – and I said this as a – Body eighty-two or eighty-three. Um, there's such a massive focus on men's mental health, which is good. But this one actually talks about teen mental health. It talks about female mental health, indigenous mental health. Yeah. Any spectrum, any 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 sort of uh, demographic you can think of, the institute tries to address it. And I think that's the sort of um, that's the sort of research we're desperately needing um, because. You know, perfect world. Sure, we get rid of we can get rid of men's mental health. It, it goes from, um, you know, one in six to one in sixty. That'd be that'd be the ultimate goal, right? That's fantastic. But you can't leave behind all these other demographics because it just it, it, everything turns into a vicious circle. So, Black Dog Institute, fantastic. It's good to see that, the, that they that they try and take on as many different aspects of our society as they can with this research. And, um, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll join your team, mate. I'll punch as much as I possibly can through. Um, but, yeah, it, it's just – it's it's another great little cause that I think we hopefully have our, have our uh, what's been happening family get on. Yeah, and celebrating uh, 20 years, the Black Dog Institute is. So they've been around for a yeah. while, mate. They're not – a yeah. fly-by-night fly charity and they've expanded over time, like you just suggested. It's not just personal um, men's 
health. Uh, they're so diverse now and they're also talking about corporations and businesses as well and how you can handle the team environment and what you how you work through all those situations and scenarios. So it's fitting that fitting that album of the year um, for 1985 was actually Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms. Uh, and that's a very fitting album for what we're about to embark on. So the little picture kind of behind us as we close off and finish today is, is a little cryptic kind of uh, scene out of one of their, of the film clip for that song. So if you haven't uh, seen it after all these years, go back and Google it. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty out there, mate. They must've been on some good juice, Mark Knopfler back in the day <laughs> um, filming this one. But um, boys, thanks for tonight. It's been a good chat as always. Our half yeah. an hour is always an hour and a half and it's, proven to be that again we've covered some great topics had some laughs talked about all sorts of things that were 1985 cuz you got a final finisher for us and we'll close it up um looking forward to watching the rugby league on sunday we should be good eels and the yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah let's, get a quick, let's get a quick tip lovey panthers by 28 oh, i think panthers on form yeah I think it's going to be a very similar scenario to what just happened in the AFL. Um, Eels have done everything they can to get there, and I think they're just going to get busted up uh, come come the last game. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with 20 just to be something different, but very much along the same lines. Yep. And Thanks, don't the women's, uh, women's World Cup basketball is on right now. So if you haven't uh, checked it out, the, the United States are on some absolute – 120 game run without a loss um, and they if they get there Australia they will meet them in the final which will be played this weekend so look out for that as well hosted in Sydney um, right now so boys thanks for tonight been great as always thanks boys ciao for now good luck at Christmas. <laughs>